Yeah, yeah. Let's go. And let the room fill up. Got a good show for you guys. Shout out to the ladies. Yeah. I see you live, like 95 over there, big game thing. You know what it is. It's about to go down. No, no intro needed, but but since there there are people on the show, we might as well do it. You know what I mean? Big Game James, tell them who you are, man. Tell them what is going on, man. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just Big Game James. I'm just BGJ. You know what I'm saying? I'm just out here chilling, living uh-huh. life. You know, ready to talk some Cowboys football like we always do. We got right. some 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 guests uh, that I like messing with, and uh, we're just ready to do this. Oh, you ready to get it on? Yes, sir. I'm ready to get it in. Let's do it. Yes, indeed. So uh, we got a guy that I know a lot of people didn't heard before. A lot of people turned on 105.3, the fan and everything else beyond DallasCowboys.com and everything like that. Man, tell them who you are, man. I'm just telling your your, your credentials right now. Tell them who you are, man. Hello, Internet. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh from 105.3 The Fan, and uh, I saw my guy Law Nation rocking the headband, mm-hmm. so I decided it was going to be a headband show. Might have to work up a sweat, so yeah. I got one on yeah. here. Just keep it all in place. <laughs> Ready to rock. Hey, follow me on YouTube, okay? I'm trying to be a leader. Yes, man. Follow Jeff on YouTube, man. And also, we have another, the infamous. I'm telling everybody. I was telling Big Gabe James, this guy brings in everything. You man, see. I was telling you. Oh, oh, you're telling me. <laughs> I'm telling you. I was telling you. No, I That's was telling Digi. you, man. I said Digi. You know who he is. That's Digi. I don't got to say nothing else. Digi. Digi, Bobby. Bell, man, tell him, tell him who you are again, Bobby. Man, tell him who you are, man. I, I'm Bobby Belt. I'm not on the radio. I don't have a headband, but uh, you know, I try. I try really hard in, in all aspects, and uh, yeah, excited to come on talk Cowboys. Mm. You could have a headband on, and it would look good. Yeah, it would. I it's could. Really I, got, I I could just tilt down the uh, the Bose headphones. And, <laughs> yeah, there you there go. You go. I mean, go ahead and keep it like that, dog. I, I, I mean, you already started this key. Yeah, keep it like that, dog, and mm-hmm. don't try to change it beer gang all day you see <laughs> yes <laughs> all right so hey the nature of the business man i know we all press for time so i know it's late but shout out to all of the late night warriors we want to talk a little bit about these cowboys and what they're going to do in the draft and what they're going to do in free agency and what jerry wayne's jones going to allow <laughs> mike mccarthy do how do you guys feel uh i I think I lost the browser. No, well, you know, the draft is one of my favorite things. I love the draft. And studying these guys every year is a lot of fun. And figuring out what the Cowboys are going to do every year is a lot of fun. And I tell you what, if you don't follow Bobby on Twitter, Bobby's probably the best person on planet Earth to follow in terms of what their plans are because he's the best damn detective I've ever seen. I, I agree, yeah. Bobby's agree. the best detective I've ever seen. I'll evaluate the players. Bobby will tell you a lot about who they're interested in and what they're looking at and possibilities like that. Now I'm going to end up with that information, but Bobby will sneak, he'll sneak <laughs> up with it. Uh, it's weird. Cause we got to figure out free agency before we figure out the draft. Like mm-hmm. I love going through all the prospects and Hey, which position groups you need? Hey, who do you hope falls to them? What do you hope that they're going to do? But until we know what they're going to do leading up to it, we can't really know for sure. Okay. And- yeah. And I think the, the, it's funny because so many people are projecting safety as the first pick or corner as the first pick. And I, I really feel like that when you look at the way Dallas, the things Dallas struggled with last year on defense, I think realistically all came down to leadership. And, and I think that because of that, I think when they're looking to supplement the cornerback position, I really feel like they're going to go get a veteran in free agency. I don't know who that's going to be yet. I don't know if they're going to go after, you know, Ronald Darby or Jason Verrett or, or whoever else, but I, I really feel like they're going to have to go the free agency route to get somebody at corner because I, I think they really missed veteran leadership on the defense last year, and I don't think they can afford to replace starters with more rookies after that was such a big deal for them last year. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they choose to address through free agency and, mm-hmm. and what that'll then kill on the board for them. And, and I mean, we may be looking at you know, two months from now, receiver is going to be the obvious position for them to take, or, or maybe it's, you know, something along the offensive line or whatever else. But I, uh, 
I do think that they're, they're going to – I don't think this is going to be a normal offseason for them. I think they're going to go get at least a starter in free agency, which is not always the case for them. And you're leaning more so on the defensive side of the ball. Um, we do know that philosophies of Rob Marinelli and Chris Richard, they liked a certain length of a player, right? And uh, this free agency, we got a lot of veteran guys that could be out there. Do you think that we go out there and reach deep in our pockets and pick up that one or two guy that, that that's going to cause a lot of money that goes against Stephen Jones' uh, philosophy? No, no, no. They're, no. they're, they're, they're going to reach they're, deep in their pockets for Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott or Murray Cooper or whoever else. They're not going to go deep in their pockets for a safety or a corner or anything like that. I mean, I think they're still going to do their normal – bargain bin shopping but i would expect them to go get a starter going that route going and, and it may be safety that they go that they don't want to they don't want to invest the top pick in a safety or, or whatever else they may go out and pursue demarius randall who they liked a lot and the guy who demarius randall spoke really highly of mike mccarthy when the packers went and fired him in 2018 and so that relationship appeared to be somewhat intact they could go after carl joseph a guy who they showed interest in when he was coming out in the draft and is going to be free. Um, so there are a few different directions that they can go with it. I, I do think that somewhere in the secondary, you're going to see a free agent added as a starter. And then from there, you'll be able to winnow down the draft a little bit. But I do think it's, I think almost all of their needs need to be addressed on the defensive side of the football. I think the offense is pretty much fine. I don't think you need to spend, you know, your big resources on offense this offseason. Let me ask you this, though. Are, are we going to have a situation where you got, you'd say, the secondary? So is that, so are we leaning towards you having Byron Jones being gone because you heard about the Denver, uh, Denver Broncos, possibly maybe the Indianapolis Colts? Do you think it's a situation now you got the defensive line? You got a plethora of defensive tackles out there that are free agents, a lot of good ones. You say they're not going to spend a lot of money. Would they do bargain bending? binging on the defensive line since they got so many unrestricted free agents going forward, or are they going to really go hard on that on with the draft? No, I keep, I mean, I personally keep penciling in, you know, second round pick Justin Matabike from mm. Texas A&M defensive tackle. I, I keep feeling like that's the direction they're going to go. Um, I do think they're going to go defensive tackle in the draft, but I mean, yeah, they're going to be thinner there. They could, they've always done the bargain bin shopping on the defensive line though on the interior. Cause that's what they did with, uh, you know, Christian Covington last year, that's what they did with Antoine Woods. Um, you know, they, this was the team that was too cheap to pay Terrell McClain when he was leaving. So, I mean, I, I don't know that they're going to sink a lot of resources in that this offseason. And, uh, you know, I think they are going to lose Malik Collins because um, I just don't think they want to pay him even market value. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think his price is going to be a little bit higher than they're probably anticipating. But I think Malik Collins is probably gone. I think the Raiders would make sense there with Rod Marinelli going over there. It would make sense, and they've got a need for him to go over there. But they'll be looking to fill that, whether it's you know Ross Blacklock from TCU, um, Justin Matabike. I feel like that's going to be a second-round target. It'll be defensive tackle. And I think it speaks volumes, the fact that they are looking to you know flesh out the position. I think it speaks volumes to the fact that Tristan Hill's a dead man walking here. Wow. Maybe we can trade him. It was Rod that wanted him, right? Hey, Rod, why don't you trade for your guy? We'll give us a third-round pick. We'll let you downgrade around. <laughs> it's, so, a great, so, so. it's a great – I just want to say real quick, it's a great free agent group at defensive tackle. There are so, so, so many. And it's funny because it's Bobby's talking about how they'll add a free agent corner. It's like, well, the best one is uh, one of yours that you don't want to pay. So it, it's interesting the spot they're in right now where some of the best free agents on the market are and we're talking about where else they're going to go, which is very different than I'm used to with this team. So why 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 they why they why they hating on Byron Jones? Why does they seem like the, the, everybody is just so quick that it seems like the front office is kind of like not even really talking about him? You know, even you know Will McClay was like, "Hey, he's a good player, but you know we got to see if he fits our needs." And it just seems like Byron Jones has been the forgotten man. Like, why is everybody hate on him? And he's and he's played good. Everybody was clamoring. Take him from safety. Take him from safety. Play him at corner. They played him at corner. He starts balling out. No, he sucks. He gets burnt. He'll get interceptions. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Turnovers and takeaways, man. You know how they go, big game, James. And come on, dog. If we flip on, like I'm, I'm speaking collectively. When you look at the Twitter feed and you look at, uh, I guess, Instagram and Facebook, Cowboys fans they flip on players quicker than anybody. 
Yeah, I've seen people say Byron Jones trash, Amari Cooper's trash, Ezekiel is no good, he's trash, Dak Prescott, <laughs> he's trash. I'm sitting there like, man, we got a team full of trash players, right? If you listen to the fans, but I'm thinking they, they that. Go eight and, eight. Go, and we go eight and eight. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then they get that label because from what I'm looking at, even though you're talking about Byron Jones, we calling this team collectively eight and eight, eight and eight, but this is the first time they went eight and eight in a long time. And I'm thinking that if the defense were able to step up and when Mike Nolan came out and said, hey, I want ball haul because I want people to fly out to the ball, and you look at Byron Jones, hey, he just the, the sore thumb to sticking out when he said that. Well, I, I mean, I think it's – here's the thing. So very rarely do you actually enter an offseason, do you enter the last year of somebody's contract, and the team doesn't have it made up in their mind if they want to extend that person or not. That decision is right. usually made a couple years in advance the cowboys are, are working on their books you know two three years in advance they've got a general idea of where the caps are going to go who they're going to pay how much they're going to have to budget out and so i think the decision to move on from byron jones or or the inclination to move on from byron jones is probably something that was made when he was still at safety and was a disappointing safety and they weren't even going to pick up his fifth year option until chris richard came in and kind of lobbied for that and wanted to try him at corner oh. and so i think that by the time their their books and their budget had kind of been settled on a lot of things, Byron skyrocketed as one of the top quarters, and now I just don't think it fits their budget at all. I, I think maybe if this had been something that was going on for the entire course of his career here and he had been a solid corner, they may have planned for that a little better. But I, I just don't think they have the money to do it now or the budget to do it now. And I honestly think that when they committed to that, they probably were feeling better about Cheeto being a better corner than Byron. And that – has not played out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me ask y'all yeah. all y'all. I want to ask all y'all's opinion. Uh, what what do y'all think about Jordan Lewis? He's starting cornerback. Mm. Yeah, he's a starter. He's a starter for sure. Um, I, it, it's funny. It kind of goes back to what uh, what my buddy Law Nation was saying. Uh, how we're quick to the Cowboy fan base is quick to build up and tear down players. True. So while Jordan was the backup to Anthony Brown, it was like free Jordan Lewis. And I was one of those guys because I loved him in college. And I think he's a good player. But when you look at what happened when each of them played and when each of them was targeted and all these different things, Anthony Brown had been the better player. And Byron Jones is by far the best that they have. And so with Jordan, I think, I think you get, you'll get more turnovers from Jordan Lewis than probably any other corner on the roster. But you'll also give up some plays. And I think that that's just kind of the player that he is. And maybe some of it's accounting because I question how some people count up what happens in zone coverage and pin things on certain players. But mm -hmm. I like Jordan. I think Jordan Jordan can be a starter, but he's in his last year. Cheeto's in his last year. Byron's on the way out. So I, I wonder if they're not going to have to add a veteran, draft at least one and maybe another one. Because I don't know who out of these guys you're going to talk about extending. I think Jordan will be fine on the field as one of your three corners. Cheeto, I hope, has a bounce back here. But that secondary needs help. Yes, it yes, looks indeed. bad. I mean, it looks real bleak in my opinion right now. Even when you're talking about the back end on the secondary, you don't have any – Heath is up. They haven't said anything about him. Frazier's up. And then Thompson, he's up. Uh, you don't know what you have in Donovan Wilson, Xavier right. Woods. What do y'all think about him? I loved him when he came out of college, and I was really hoping he was – I was really pushing him. I'm not saying he didn't make a jump, but it just seemed like toward the end of the year he was regressing, missing the tackles, a lot of the things that they were saying he was doing in college as far as going for the big hit not wrapping up. He was doing it to me in the games as well, and it was just like, what is Xavier Woods? Now, you're getting great value because he's a six-round pick. He wasn't a high pick, so you're not paying him a lot of money, but – what about him going forward? Is he is he the guy? Uh, I mean, I, I I think he is, and I, I I think that it wouldn't surprise me, and it wouldn't be nearly the same money relative to the market. It would be much less, but it wouldn't surprise me if Dallas tried to extend him this offseason, similar to the way they did Jalen, and get in on something they feel is like, oh, we can get on this a little lower before he blows up some more. Not that it'd be big money, but I could see them extending Xavier Woods because I think they were – generally pretty happy with him and you know what's that in, in the land of the blind the one-eyed man is king it's like mm -hmm. xavier woods may not get a ton of turnovers a ton of ball production but he gets some and that's more than just about anybody else in that secondary gets and so i do think they value him i think that he's somebody that they think they can potentially lock in on a bit of a bargain rate and project forward that he's going to get better 
Um, and I think pairing him with a better safety next to him would help a lot of that. Yeah, I think it was tough because you could tell on a lot of third downs last year, it seemed like they wanted Xavier Woods to be the guy that was coming downhill and crashing on the crossing routes to be a guy right. they were banking on either making a play on the ball or making the tackle short of the sticks. But they also wanted him to be the free safety. Like, you're the free safety, <laughs> but when it's crunch time on third and seven, we trust you to be the one that comes down and disrupts. Uh, I thought he was a solid starting safety last year, and I thought he'd be even better. And uh, I'm terrible at journalism, so I'll just tell you that last year in camp, when Earl Thomas talk was going on, I was standing there with a member of the Cowboys something. A member of the Cowboys something. <laughs> and, and I was like, I was like, yeah, look. I was like, my guy Xavier just got a pick. And he goes, that guy right there is the reason that we got nothing to do with Earl Thomas. And wow. not because they didn't like him or were interested, but it was like, but at the number that he's getting, he's like, we got our guy. And so I think I was expecting a little more, and I think the team was expecting a little more. So I do think they like him. And if they can get him at a good rate, I'm totally good with having him back there for years. Yeah. And, and that was the reason why uh, Donovan Wilson didn't get a lot of playing time. In preseason, we saw him do it in uh, the free safety role, right? Opposed to the strong safety. And Kayvon Frazier, he stayed injured. And Jeff Heath, he'd been off and on. So looking at this draft, you know, just to make a quick segue on, on talking about defensive back, who do you have uh, in this draft, Jeff or, or Bobby? Uh, if you're talking about safety, let me click safety. over to my draft board. Can you guys still see me when I'm clicked over to a different tab? Yeah. Yep. Yes, we yep, can. We sure yes, can. We can. <laughs> so my safeties. Before what, Jeff gets into safety, I'll tell you guys that he hates Ashton Davis. <laughs> he hates Ashton Davis from Cal. I will tell you that I am lower on Ashton Davis <laughs> than others, or maybe I'm just higher on other guys. But like, I'm doing a better. Everybody's tying Grant Delpit and Xavier McKinney to the Cowboys, and. I got to be honest, 17, I don't think either one of them, to me, will be the best player available. So maybe they move around in the draft, or maybe they, if they will have one of these guys, they could just stick and pick. But Antoine Winfield out of Minnesota, second round, I like him. Uh, Ashton Davis, if you could get him in the second round, but everybody's talking about him being higher. That's, he's from Cal. Uh, Terrell Burgess at Utah I like. So the second or third round – and I'm with Bobby. I want him to take a deep tackle in the second round because it's so loaded with Matabike at AM, Ross Blacklock at TCU, Jordan Elliott at Missouri. There's so many good defensive tackles. But there's some safeties in this class. I just wouldn't want to get too far into the draft and assume, like I think a lot of teams assume, oh, I can get a strong safety, whatever. Their only job is to tackle. I can find one of those, whatever. Mm-hmm. That doesn't generally work out real well. The Texas kid, maybe the Texas kid in the third, Jones. Brandon Jones. He's, Brandon, he's Brandon Jones. Yeah, there's, there's, I've got six, seven, maybe even eight safeties in this class that, that I like. Uh, but if it's not in the first three, maybe four rounds, if it stretches, then I think whoever you're picking is just depth, and we're pulling for Donovan Wilson. Okay. All right. Okay. So let me ask you this. My bad. Let me ask you this. So do you think they would try to jump in there and do actually do a corner in the first round? I wouldn't mind it. I do. I like the corner class a little better than the safety class. Uh, Okuda, the Ohio State kid, is going to be gone in the top ten, maybe the top five. Uh, and then people are really mixed on the rest of these guys, but I really like Christian Fulton, the LSU corner. I think that he's a really good prospect. C.J. Henderson at Florida. To me, those are the two names to keep in mind with the first-round pick. Maybe Jeff Gladney at TCU, but mm-hmm. the corner group is really good stretch. Damon Arnett at Ohio State, A.J. Terrell at Clemson, Cameron Dantzler, Mississippi State, Trayvon yeah. Diggs, Alabama, Gladney, Noah, Gladney Diggs, and uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's so many guys that Jalen Johnson, corner, yeah, yes. This corner class is really, really good and really, really deep, and I think they can find help uh, at that spot in third. It's bad. What I really want is like six second round picks. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but Dallas be terrible in the second round, though. <laughs> Oh, no, they're about to get great because they're about Rod's to get going. great. Okay. Well, yeah, we're Rod, gonna... Rod, Rod can't mess this up anymore. Okay. Oh, I got you. That's so mean. <laughs> Jeff, I, I love I, Jeff, Rod. I'm gonna, Jeff, I'm going to suggest an off season for you. I want to see if you, this would get a thumbs up from you or a thumbs down. Okay. Thumbs down. You, re, you resign Dak and Amari. Get that done. Get that mm-hmm. out of the way. You go, yeah, sign, you, you go sign Carl Joseph. 
So you pair okay. Carl Joseph with Xavier Woods. And then first three rounds, you go C.J. Henderson. My dog. Justin Matabike. And then Harrison okay. Bryant, the tight end from Florida Atlantic. Oh, see, now you're barking up my tree. That's my number one tight end. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I, I, think Brian, I think Harrison Bryant could go to the third. I think he could be there. But that I like be- that would be great. The only thing that the only part that you went through that worries me is Amari Cooper because I know when he first got here, I loved him. The man had a book club. He plays chess. I loved right. Amari Cooper, but I I can't ignore that Oakland was ready to move on from him, and the way the season ended, and some people that I've talked to, like everybody's not totally sold that if things aren't going well, that Amari Cooper is full speed ahead in rock and roll. So I want to. I want to sign Dak so that my tag is free for Coop and I can see if somebody wants him and I can get New England to flip number 24 for Amari Cooper. That's just me. And that's also dumb. I'm also an idiot because that's also walking away from the guy that saved the team. He, well, he saved the team in 2018. Go, go back because uh, I was doing I was doing it for the sake of a Dak cut-up to prove a point about Dak. I was going through Dak's highlights last week just to like make some cut-ups of like look at what he was doing. He was making progress growing. And, like, the thing that was really striking me on that was, holy hell, Amari Cooper's so good. Like, he is so, so good. And that's the thing is that, like, he was hurt the second half last year. I do not care what anybody says. The guy was hurt. He was hurt really bad. And the guy, flat out, he didn't get along with his position coach. That was a source of tension. And I think that those things kind of out of the way, a chance to rehab a little bit, and but isn't but isn't that the issue though? Isn't, isn't that the yeah. issue that he sulks and then he doesn't get along with people because it looks like a pattern because it's a pattern at Oakland that he didn't get along with maybe the coaching and then he comes over well, to well, Dallas well, I mean, and he I sulks mean, the, the a new, little bit. The new coach also traded away Khalil Mack, and I mean nobody was like complaining about Khalil Mack going like, "Well, well, something clearly went wrong with Khalil Mack." Well, yeah, Oakland was hitting a reset and there was a lot of differences that had happened when he came in there and nobody would argue that Khalil Mack's a problem we wouldn't wonder if we'd go get him True. and so I I mean I do know that one of the things that there was concern about for the Cowboys and they decided we're cool with it but like I know there was some concern when they were evaluating the trade of like is his ankle messed up there was some concern about one of his ankles and they were doing kind of an internal review on that and so I think Oakland had concerns about that and Dallas's evaluation came back and they determined that <laughs> Oakland had just mismanaged it mismanaged it and so I, I think that maybe there were concerns about his health, which is still something – that's my biggest concern about Amari Cooper is his health. He just is always hurt. Um, but I, I think there were concerns in Oakland about his health, and I think there was just a lot of changes that they were trying to make and, and hit the reset button on with Khalil Mack and a lot of the other differences and, or a lot of the other changes that they've made. And so, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't take – Oakland's Cleveland West Coast to me in a lot of ways. And so mm-hmm. – you know, I, I don't necessarily take it as a bad thing when things fall apart there. And, and here in Dallas, I don't think they fell apart. I think he was hurt. And I think there was tension with a lot of people on the coaching staff in a lot of different areas, not with Amari Cooper specifically. But, I mean, I think there was just a mess among the assistant coaches this year. And I think that was yeah, one of the areas where it was playing out was with Amari. Yeah. And the linebackers. Hey, come on. Come on. I'm just telling people without telling people. I'm just telling people. This could be a case with Amari. It could be like the Garrett syndrome, man. You know, uh, only good in the uh, even – what is the odd – even years Garrett is good? Because I'm I'm looking at – hey, hey, check check this out. In Amari Cooper in 2015, he had 18 drops, right? 2016. That's a lot of drops, man. <laughs> 18. He's drops. always he's always been a dropper though. He's always been a focus but, dropper. But 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 this is what happened. 15, 18 drops. 16, four drops. 2017, 10 drops. 2018, three drops. Last season he had seven drops. So if I'm doing the math, he's only going to have one drop or two drops next season or this season. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be like T.O. T.O. used to drop the ball to team. He, he never, I ain't saying he T.O., but I'm just saying T.O. used to always drop the ball. He ain't never have good hands, and he was a beast. I mean, I love Coop as far as that talent mm-hmm. and everything, but I don't, I've been told you, Law, about that that sulkiness when he <laughs> sulks. I've been told you about how he sulks, and that's the only thing that be bothering me. 
that's just sometimes I think it's his personality, but it just sometimes when he gets in his in his emotions and he gets funky. And when you look, you can look, you can look at him, Bobby, when he be getting funky. I just, I, I just like, come I on, dog, what you I doing? I don't know that. I, I don't know that it's. I honestly don't know that it's sulking as much. I'm gonna make a a, a baseball reference here that I don't know if Law or if you guys look at this, but I know Jeff will know what I'm talking about here. Nobody would ever accuse him of sulking, but. Jeff, you remember the way Cliff Lee was with the Rangers? That dude was blank all the time, no matter what happened. Cliff Lee was just like, there, there was no emotion there. People were always thinking he was down, or he was, uh, especially when he had gotten to Texas. Some people would wonder, was he unhappy with the trade? Mm. And so I, I think that that's just Amari in general. If you go back and look at the way he was in Alabama, where he was in Oakland, he's never been that. In fact, it was funny. I remember right after the Dallas trade, he gave an interview to Aaron Andrews. And, you know, it was just a normal interaction. He was, you know, oh, I'm happy to be here, blah, blah, blah. And there was a ton of Raiders fans under going like, what the hell is this? This is the most personality we've ever seen from the guy. Like, right. I think that's just who he is. I think that's his personality. That's his makeup. But I don't know that it's sulking as much as it is just it's interpreted as sulking when they're going bad. I think that's just his demeanor. Well, this is a democracy, Bobby, and you've been outvoted three to one. <laughs> you feel me? You feel me? You've been voted off the island, dog. You've been voted off the island. I would have been outvoted three to one uh, in the summer if I said Dak Prescott should get $34 million a year, and now all of you would take it as a bargain. Man, so there. No, we're, everybody's trying to trade him. I don't know what you're talking about. No, here, so my thing with Lamari is I cannot accept he was just banged up because we talked to Steven after the game, and I tried to press him on that, and he literally shut down. I was like, we're not talking about this anymore. After he was saying, oh, it's a normal rotation. Like I gave him 80 opportunities, and even point blank was like, like, is it just, you know, you got to manage because he's banged up. We know he's got all these things going on. And he's like, no, 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 it was just a normal rotation. And then I've heard from other people that their only regret about that situation was not getting Randall Cobb back. Mm-hmm. I've heard Amari was on the sideline because he wasn't getting open. And that's why he was on the sideline. And yeah. that is weird. Like, that's yeah, got to be Jeff, interesting. Jeff, who that's do you crazy. got then? Who do you got? You got C.D. Lamb. You got uh, Jerry Judy If that at the 17th You've been talking pick. about them receivers. And, yeah, you've been talking about it. Ruggs is out there. Who else? Who else? Uh, Chenault. Who would you go with? Uh, C.D.'s my guy. CD. And this is the thing. The thing about the receivers is, and, like, you do your mock drafts, and you, you add a guy, and people are like, oh, that's not realistic. And I'm like, well, we don't know what order these receivers are going to go in, right? Right. Henry Ruggs is going to run a 4-2 at the Combine. Maybe he runs a 4-1. But, you know, people are going to look at that, and it's not insane to think that he might be the first receiver off the board. Mm-hmm. Maybe he goes at 21. Maybe he goes in the top 12. I don't know. Um, so in a perfect world, I would – don't tell Bobby. I would uh, <laughs> tag Coop, but uh-huh. four from the Patriots. They need a receiver to keep Brady around. And then at 17, if I could get – either Jerry Judy, which is Amari Cooper-ish, or if I could get CeeDee Lamb or even Henry Ruggs, then I'll go to war with what I got. And now I got number 24 where I can start doing my defense, whether it's Delpit, Christian Fulton, whatever, and we're partying. Uh, but those receivers, the thing is, is there's a million of them. What about your TCU me, kid? Uh, the TCU right, kid. so for me, the top tier is yeah. CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. That's right. tier one. Take them if they're there. I don't want to hear who else is on the board. Take them. Mm-hmm. Henry Ruggs and Jalen Rager at TCU. That's my second tier. That's my burners. And then the second round is stacked because I still haven't even said LaVisca Chenault at Colorado, T. Higgins at Clemson, Michael Pittman at USC, Brandon Ayuk at Arizona State, K.J. Hamler at Penn State, Denzel Mims, Justin Jefferson. There's, there's going to be – I bet there's going to be 15 receivers that go in the first three rounds, and I kind of want one of them because it's fun. Adding receivers is fun. But, I mean, Jeff, that's the thing also is that – and, I mean, they are all fun, but don't you feel like this receivers class is so stacked that, like, you can potentially get, like, a second-round talent or a guy you have a second-round grade on in the fourth round this year at receiver? Because there are I so think many of them. Yeah, I think it's totally possible, but I don't want to draw the difference between I think I can get a quality guy and the potential at, like, if I have a shot at one of those top four. So what – let me ask you this, Jeff. So what about like this, what Bobby's saying? What about like a KJ Hill or a Devin Duvernay uh, from Texas, Duvernay from uh, Texas? One of those type guys. You could probably slide one of those guys in the fourth or fifth round. They got a lot of good speed and KJ Hill looked good in that senior bowl. 
Yeah, I'm wondering where those guys will go because, like, K.J. Hill, Devin DuVernay has the stats, right? Everybody kind of knows about Devin DuVernay because he had a million catches and over a 1,000 yards. And then you look at K.J. Hill at Ohio State, you look at the stat sheet, and I don't remember the exact numbers, six or 700 yards. But when you just watch him every day, I like that dude. That's a guy that's over six foot tall but gets open like a Cole Beasley type from the slot. People just can't really stay in front of him. So, it, you know, if, if Randall Cobb's not coming back, totally comfortable replacing Randall Cobb in the third or fourth round. I think that's possible. Let me ask both of y'all, like all, all three of you guys, this question, Dan. Why in the world last season, I'm just going back to last season, last draft, DK Metcalf and the uh, what's his uh, partner AJ Brown? What's his name? That was his name. He was gone. AJ yeah, was yeah, gone. But, but, the, but they did coach. drop to the second round, didn't they? But, but didn't they blow up the combine and everything? Why did they drop? Yeah, to DK the second Metcalf round? was available when the Cowboys picked. You could have had DK Metcalf in the second round. You could have had the safeties Taylor Rapper, Juan Thornhill, and on that one, uh, Bobby can tell you I, that one. And I, I do, Bobby. I love Rod Marinelli. That is a sweet, <laughs> sweet man. He fell in love with Tristan Hill. They thought they needed a three technique. They thought they could take the tools that he had and turn him into a complete player with a motor that would keep it going. Mm-hmm. And they were wrong and they couldn't do it. And they left good players on the board. Yeah, no. And I, I mean, there's, there was a lot about last year's draft that was frustrating um, in terms of just where you saw guys go and, and decisions that were made. Cause if you would have asked me two weeks before the draft, I mean, I think on draft day, I think, everybody kind of felt Tristan Hill's going to be the guy. But if you would have asked me two weeks before the draft, Taylor Rapp and Juan Thornhill and Tristan Hill are there for the Cowboys. Who do they take? <laughs> I would have felt so confident it was going to be Thornhill or Rapp because yeah. I would have been, but those two aren't going to be there, especially Rapp. And then they did fall to him. You know, they made their bed. They, they made their pick. And it is Rod mainly. But, I mean, Chris Richard was behind the pick too. Like, if you watch in the war room, when they're making the pick, you can see at one point, like, Chris Richard's, like, kind of moving his hand and, like, acting like he's holding a jersey. He was talking about, like, the way Tristan Hill, like, push-pull, uh, the kind of power that he has. Rod, Chris Richard said he was behind it, too. Um, and so, I mean, there is I, – I do think that there's going to be some cleanup here. We talked to – on our podcast, Jane Slater and I, we talked to Andrew Brandt, the former Packers executive, and he said that he had – talked to two teams, neither one Dallas, who had asked him about, hey, we talked to Mike McCarthy, we want to get your thoughts on him. Mm-hmm. And both of those teams, without him mentioning it, said that Mike McCarthy had told them, not asked about it, volunteered to them, I just want to coach, you guys worry about, you know, staffing this. Mm-hmm. And so I really think this is going to be the first draft we'll see in a while where it is a straight personnel department draft. And I'm kind of excited to see what that means and where those changes are. I'll say, I know, for instance, that one change that's really interesting to me, because I don't think this would have happened definitely when Chris Richard was here, probably before that. I know they like Amik Robertson. They talked to Amik Robertson some leading up to this process. And that guy's 5'9", maybe, more like 5'8". And and so I I think that right there, the fact that they're even talking to a guy like that shows that, all right, there's there's a little bit of a shift here, and, and we're willing to accept some different ideas that the previous coaching staff necessarily wouldn't have been down with. So I, I am excited to see what it means for, you know, guys that they like. Um, I'll, I'll ask Jeff this and I'll ask both you guys this. Um, with, with where they're at at corner right now, you think they should do the uh, double dip like they did in 2017, but do it around earlier. So let's say you go get CJ Henderson and then Jeff, your guy, Damon Arnett. Would you be down with that? Uh, if those were the two picks, I would totally be down with it. And then if you do that, this is the fun of team building. It's my favorite thing. Now, if you do that, then I've got to pull up the list of the best 15 defensive tackles on the market and make sure that I've picked one of those up in free agency. Mm-hmm. Because now we are leaving our guys on the board here. We're leaving Matabike and Ross Blacklock and all my defensive tackles on the board. But, yeah, I would be on board. I, 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 uh, I'll say this, I and maybe I'll be wrong. I, I bet you Ross Blacklock ends up in the first round. Oh, wow. That's and fine. I'm, I'm here for my BK anyway. That's fine. No problem. <laughs> all right. So, you guys think that – Are you down with the – are you all down with the Blue Star special this year? Are, are you down with if a guy like Kinlaw slides because of injury concerns? Are you willing to make those investments when you know how close this team is right now? Are you willing to take those gambles? 
Yeah, I'm crazy. If he's got a bum knee, but yeah. they think he can play through it, come on. Come hey, on. remember Can't Ron love. Leary had a remember Ron Leary had a bum knee and he made it. Jalen Smith leg fell yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, but let yeah. me let me let me ask y'all this though, right quick. Are we talking about the defensive tag? We're talking about Mata BK, we're talking about Blaylock. I mean, uh Jordan Elliott, uh, Leaky, you could at least talk mm-hmm. about him. Strobridge, maybe you're talking about these guys. So basically, you're not. We're not even talking about. He, Tristan Hill is just out the picture. We're not. Are we, what about? Is there any hope for a Joe Jackson or Dorrance Armstrong Jr. or you got Jalen Jelks who's coming off injured reserve? I like are Jaylen. they feeling good about those guys or or not? They're going to need. I think they're going to need to because right now I'm going to go off the top of my head here, but your depth chart at defensive end is Douglas Lawrence, Tyrone Crawford, depending on where you're playing him, Dorrance Armstrong, Joe Jackson. That's kind of it. And a defensive tackle, if I'm not mistaken, your defensive tackle depth chart right now is Antoine Woods and Tristan Hill. Mm, and that's yeah. it. That's it. That's very so, light. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this, though. Is, is Randy Gregory is a, is a no-go? Is an end of the story, end of the road? I've been surprised that I haven't heard his name at all. I hope he gets back, but I don't know. That's actually something that I will defer to Bobby if he knows Randy, anything. Uh, Randy, Randy. I know Randy was um, during a lot of the season, during the offseason, Randy was out in California. He was working out at Exos. So, I mean, he was putting in the work. I know they were working on things. Um, I, I don't know where things stand currently just because I know things have been a little um, fluid with him not in anything in a bad way he just had his second kid um and so i know that they're they're really on board with making it making sure things are right over there um but that is something that's been stagnant i'll say for the last couple months in terms of any sort of progress um but i mean i i wouldn't rule it out because i know how highly the personnel staff in dallas does think of him and and they do think that he can be special. Um, and, uh, you know, if he ever does come back, his contract's told. And so they've got control of him for a while. And and so I, I don't think that they'd be, you know, I, I think their whole thought process is what's the harm and just, you know, kind of keeping him there and, and seeing where it, it goes. But, um, yeah, that's I, – I wouldn't count on it. I, I wouldn't count on him being on the depth chart for next year. Um, but I, I wouldn't say it's – not going to happen. But I, I mean, I, I do think that whereas before the 2018 season, I would have been one of the ones saying like, you can count, he's going to be there. Like he's going to be there and you can make your moves accordingly. Uh, this time around, I wouldn't say that. I'd say make your moves. And if he's there, great. If he's not, you've got your backup plan. Hey, I got a couple questions. Why you, why you finished with that couple of positions. We're talking about the draft that we haven't really talked about. I want to ask all you guys first, the tight end position. Number one, should the Cowboys look at a tight end in the draft or possibly free agency? I mean, free agency, it might cost a little too much. Should they go maybe later in the draft? And also linebacker. I still, I mean, LVE had an Instagram, say he's ready. He's itching, ready to go. I, I mean, maybe it's just me. It's a neck. I still always worry about a neck. But are would the Cowboys look in the draft maybe later in the draft to address a linebacker? Or are they going to come at maybe like the Malcolm Smiths of the world and uh, Joe Thomas's of the world and look to just resign those guys and kind of roll with what they got right there? I wouldn't write off Sean Lee being back. I don't know exactly what his mindset is on if there's a team out there that wants to start and willing to give him more money than the Cowboys. But I, I think he's a great backup because I love having him in the room with those guys. And I love having a proven guy that can go in if somebody goes down. Uh, we'll see what they think about their young guys. I know Luke Gifford is a guy that they were high on. The draft, I wouldn't be afraid of a linebacker. I would maybe the first round is probably too early because you wouldn't anticipate him playing if everything goes right. But after that, if the right guy is there, uh, I'm on board with going to get him. And tight end, I'm totally comfortable with Jarwin starting. I'm totally comfortable with a down the field athletic threat at tight end. But if you get the right value in the third or fourth round to get a second guy that you can actually contribute in year one and maybe be the next guy up, like Bobby mentioned earlier, my guy Harrison Bryant at Florida Atlantic. Uh, yeah, there's a handful of names that if you get into the third or fourth round and those guys are still on the board, I'll take a tight end. Mm-hmm. And so are, are you ready to uh, move, on, ready from move on from Schultz? Uh, to me, he's just a guy. 
you know, coming into the league, I thought he would be more than he was. He started to develop into the blocker. I thought he was going to be coming in. But to me, he is just – he's a guy. He's a depth chart tight end that if he's not on the field, I'm probably happier than if he is. <laughs> I feel you, dog. What about he's just you? a guy, and that's okay in the NFL. you got a lot of guys on the roster that are just a guy. What they got? They got uh, Hooper out there. They got uh, Henry. What's his first name? Is it Hunter Henry? Hunter, Hunter Henry. Um, I think they're. But you know, they're probably going to bring him back. And Eric Ebron, I yeah. liked him, but he's going to cost too much money. I don't see them spending money on a tight end. Yeah. I don't want to spend money on a tight end. Let Jarwin get his shine on. Yeah, for, okay. for sure, for sure. But you at least have to have somebody because you're just going to have really those two tight ends on the roster, Schultz and Jarwin. I mean, come on, dog. I don't want to talk about no Jason Witt no more. No, that'd be great. If one of them gets hurt, we just stop using tight ends. Put more <laughs> go, go draft the guy, Colin Johnson, uh, a tall right wide receiver, you know, six foot six. Or you let Slay in line. Now, Bobby, I'm going to ask you this, Digi. You've been showing hella videos with Dez Bryant, dog. Hella yeah. videos. You've been going hammer time <laughs> with the videos with Dez Bryant, dog. Talk to me, man. Is this for real? I'm asking all y'all. Is this for real? Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Because so here's the thing. He's been away from the game for two years, mm-hmm. and over the course of two years, I think we've all seen during that time period every two months or something we get a workout video. Um, I'm back. That that what that that what that, that wasn't that wasn't a strategic release of his workout videos. That was he was going to work out once every two months. Yeah. And, I'm, and, I'm and, gone and, again, and, but I'm back. And, and, and run routes. <laughs> and, in, and in between the route running that he was doing and, and putting in those days where he'd do that, uh, he wasn't doing the conditioning he needed to do. He wasn't doing the you know physical therapy. He wasn't getting his body right. Um, this is as consistent as he's been with the skill workouts. And uh, Monday, on Monday, he started a plan with APEC in Fort Worth, which is where um, Bobby Stroop runs the facility. That's where Patrick Mahomes trains in the offseason. Um, he started a, a plan with them where he's there now. He's The plan is he's going to be there five days a week for the foreseeable future. They're going to be doing stuff on his you know, ankles and his feet. They're going to be doing soft tissue treatment every day. Uh, and he's been getting those in and then still doing the skill workouts three, four times a week. And so, I mean, the, the fact that he's doing the PT, that that's the bigger thing to me that says he's serious. Mm. And, and he's in a good space, I think, with his, his head right now. He's in a better headspace than he's been at any point that I've ever been around him. And I think that... I, I think all honestly, it's the all, all I want to know is because we is see Steven these routes. Serious? W- w- is he serious? Is and Steven also, serious? also, can he is do Steven it against serious? somebody? Because he he's running those routes against air. Have you seen him do one on one contact with? I, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I I think if you were to take the NFL's wide receivers, uh, pretty close, perhaps a hundred percent. Maybe there's fewer than that, but I'd say about a hundred percent of the guys, their off season regimen does not include running routes against corners. True. They don't do that. Okay. And so it's not a what Des is doing is not weaker than what NFL receivers are doing during the offseason. Guys generally don't run routes uh, during the spring and the summer against competition. Um, instead, it's just about you know getting yourself in the right space more than you know getting the challenge. Getting the challenge. But I think that I think that I think he can do it. I mean, he's 31. He's not past his prime. He's never going to be a number one receiver again. He's never going to put up 15 touchdowns and 1,200 yards or anything. Um, but I do think that he can be a, a contributing wide receiver. And he's he's been saying publicly and at these workouts, like that's that's his goal right now. He wants to be a contributor somewhere. He wants to be a, a cog in, in you know the process. And I, I think that I think that his mental space is one where he can get to it. And I think that physically he's still capable of getting to it and, and he is doing more to fix some of the things, become a savvier route runner than he had done what he, he, was, playing. Done he was playing. And I think and that, that being around these draft picks, he's been training with Jalen Rager, Jerry Judy, uh, mm-hmm. Ben Victor from Ohio State, um, a couple others. If I'm forget James Prochet um, from SMU. He's been out there training with those guys. And you see McCole Hardman saying, hey, can't wait to get into this work. And then Stefan Diggs tweeted at him, said, I'm coming out to get this work too. And wow. uh, then Patrick Mahomes says, hey, I'm going to be there. And they're going to start working out in March. Patrick Mahomes will be back in Fort Worth. They'll work out. 
And I think that that is what's partially keeping the fire lit this time. I, I think seeing these other guys gassing them up, being around that competitive fire of these young guys trying to get picked, and I, I think that's something that's really feeding his consistency with the workouts this time. And so I, I think that that routine and that push there is, is one of the big things helping him this time. And I will say it's funny. He's as much as some people say Dez is washed. He's yesterday's news. He's been out right. for two years. That guy is a rock star to these players coming out. They mm-hmm. love him. They are like in awe of him when they're around him. I was there and um, Neville Gallimore, a guy who may be a first round pick from OU, a guy who is, um, you know, he, he's going to have teammates more famous than Dez when he hits the NFL, I'm sure. And he was in the weight room and he stopped down. He was one of plenty of guys that stopped down in the weight room. It was just like filming Dez working out through the glass and then waited around 30 minutes after his workout was done so that Dez would finish and he could stop him and ask him for a picture. I mean, they, it's amazing that those guys, they adore him. And I think he, I think being around that energy is really pushing him and really having him buy in this time. I actually saw the energy when he uh, got picked up from the, for, for the saints, you know, you know, everybody was throwing up the X and, and, but he, uh, but he, he wasn't in shape, but he wasn't in shape. That's right. why he popped his Achilles in the first practice. Wow. Wow. So I, I'll be looking forward to it. And also I'll be looking forward to this Bobby and uh, Jeff. If they're going to make a move on it, it will be after the draft, and I believe that they would want to see him in training camp, right, in Oxnard and these sorts, right, if they do decide to go that route. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I wouldn't think – they're not going to sign him right now. Des isn't in the – I mean, he's still doing work that physically he's he's not in a place right now where he'd take a workout. It's not a, a something like that. So, yeah, it'd probably be after the draft. Um, but I do think that it's funny. when When you go back to – the summer they cut him and it was clear that the receiver group did not look as good as they were hoping. The receiver by committee wasn't going to be right. a, a good thing. They asked Steven at the time, they said, you know, Hey, would you consider bringing Des back if things don't work out? And I think Steven said at the time, something effective, like, I think we've, you know, that's water under the bridge. We've moved on. Yada, yada. He didn't say that mm. a couple weeks ago. He said, we're always looking. And so it is a shift from Steven's, post-release language that he's previously used about Dez, and it's more optimistic in that direction. And he still does, you know, Dez still has good relationships with some of his teammates. He still talks to Steven. That's not a, a new development, by the way. It's not like he just reached out to Steven. He's continued to talk to Steven over the last two years. He still talks to Will McClay. He still talks to Jerry Jones. This is, you know, was largely his family for the first seven, eight years of his career. And so uh, that doesn't just stop overnight. And the Cowboys are not an organization known for cutting ties when you're out of here and that's the end they, they generally keep relationships with a lot of their former players so um yeah i think he's he's in a good spot he's in a good headspace and he's working to get back there and i think that the cowboys are at least open to the idea of looking at what that finished product looks like they're not committing to anything but i think they're at least interested in okay let's see at the end of this when you're into this rehab let's just see what that looks like well certainly most certainly James, what you got on that, man? Man, I got I, Bobby done killed it all right there. So I mean, I'm good. You feel me? That's Let me just stuff. ask y'all because we ain't gonna hold y'all up. You know what I'm saying? We 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 could talk all day Cowboys football, but if we talking about the draft, let's say the first three picks. A lot of people go with the first three picks. What will be y'all? What will be y'all ultimate first three picks? Is either players or the positions? What will be your ultimate? Okay, I'm super geeked up with these first three picks that we're feeling really good about how we're doing right now. You, oh, Jeff. I guess out of respect for Bobby, I'll pretend that uh, Amari Cooper's on the roster. Should we do that? Um, <laughs> let's sure. pretend. Let's pretend you tagged him, but you might be dangling. And Jeff, let's, Jeff, let's just say this. Let's say this. You think it's at least uh, outside of dream scenarios. You think it's likely Amari's here, right? More likely than not. I think it's likely. I don't know how likely it is that he's here with a long-term deal. Sure, but it's more likely than not he's on the team next year. Yes. Okay. So I'll okay, have so, him. So let's yeah, operate under we'll that say, scenario. Yeah. We'll say for, we'll at least say Mars is going to be here for at least one year. Yeah. I want to trade down so bad. Can I get Javon Kinlaw to 17? You can get, uh, this is how you want it. This will be like, boom. I'm feeling Kin, great Kin, about Kin this Law one. Be, Kinlaw will be there at 17. Shout out to the laws. 
Oh no! It sounds like Bobby's telling me Kinlaw's knee is shot. Um, oh no! <laughs> I, I I I saw Kinlaw in Frisco a few weeks back. Kinlaw will be there at seventeen. Oh, Bobby! Oh, well, now guys. I can't pick him. <laughs> Y'all hit it. <laughs> okay, I will go at seventeen. If I can't trade down, it would be between AJ Epinesa, Javon Kinlaw, Christian Fulton, CJ Henderson, Grant Delpit. I will say Christian Fulton at 17. Mm. At 51, you can take CJ Henderson if you want. I'm not mad at you either. At 51, I already got my corner. I think my app state linebacker, Davis Gaither, is going to be gone. So I either want Matabike out of AM or Jordan Elliott. I'll take Jordan Elliott, defensive tackle, Missouri at 51. Mm-hmm. And in the third round, I'll double dip. No. <laughs> Noah Igbenogany, if I can get him there, I will. I'll double dip at corner. Nope. Harrison Bryant. Let's go, Bobby. Good idea. <laughs> Harrison get that tight end. Matched up with Jarwin. Yeah. mismatch, stiff-arming people, blocking p- better than people give him credit for. I'll do it. I don't even love my own draft. I want to trade down. Holden, <laughs> Elliott, Harrison Bryant. Done. Man, y'all really like them corners like that this year? Like, because I mean, I'm gonna ask you, the, Jeff. The corner, I, the corners are good. They're good. There's a lot. I mean, of they good are good, but they are. when when you watching them, besides uh, your boy that's from um, TC, I can't remember. Uh, Gladney. Gladney. Yeah, Gladney. It just seems when I watch Henderson, all the physical tools, but man, it seems like he 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 he's allergic to tackling sometimes. All of them allergic yeah. to tackling. Only Jeff Gladney. That they're gonna need it, to it, though. Jeff Gladney can no, tackle. Blakeney sticks his head in there. No, Blakeney sticks his head really in there. CJ Anderson is really happy to let other people make tackles. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. That uh, was the Man uh, Fulton, man Fulton. But no, nah, Blakeney sticks his head in there. Jalen Johnson can tackle too, but I don't think that you guys got him on your top, right? I don't trust Jalen Johnson in man cover. Um, but if you're running cover three, which, well, we'll see what they run. They did run a good amount of it. Uh, he, he's just not for everybody, I don't think. You know who else is really good is Dantzler, the Mississippi State kid. Mm-hmm. He's the only dude That's all not- year that shut, he shut down uh, Jamar Chase, LSU. But you see how wiry he is, though? He's only like 185 pounds, One though. Yeah, but he's not afraid. He'll throw his little tiny skinny body around. But that but skinny body get broke up. Is, is he related to Woody? Good. Is he related Bones to Woody? Good. Anderson's good. <laughs> Arnett's good. We go second round and take Arnett or Dan. I like Arnett. Ar- I like Arnett. Arnett with Ohio State because Ohio State's been putting out some really good corners, and they play really good in NFL. He's not super athletic, but he's a sticky corner, and he's got, I think, good technique. I think he's a good, solid corner. Right. Then I'll draft for you. We're going to go Kinlaw at 17, yeah. and we're going to go Arnett in the second. <laughs> And then we're going to go Harrison Bryant. We're going to get a D-tackle in free agency. Okay. Oh, no, we took Kinlaw. We're good. Yeah, we're good. We got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're good. Watch, watch the kid uh, from uh, – from uh, what's that school? Uh, L.A. Tech. A Mick, watch, watch he be one of the dogs. Robinson. Yeah, watch he be one uh, of the dogs in this particular draft. It's related to cornerback. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Do any of y'all like that kid from Syracuse, Alton Robinson? Alton Robinson. Alton Robinson was mm-hmm. a guy who had a uh, – he was a guy who had a lot of buzz heading into him, heading into this year, and scouts wanted to see if he was going to be able to build on what was a strong junior season, and he kind of had a letdown. So, I, I mean, he's a lower stock guy, um, and so maybe he's a buy low, uh, you know, high ceiling type of prospect. But, yeah, he's, he's he didn't have the year I think a lot of people wanted from him. Um, for me, uh, and I'll go ahead, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you the first five. Or no, okay. did they have fifth round this year? Yeah, I think they, they got, get rid of them. got some compensatory six. picks. No? The six. Yeah. I'm missing a six, I think. Yeah. yeah, okay. They got to pick somewhere. Five. I can't remember if they got – yeah, but they've got to pick in five because, yeah, the comp was coming. Um, so I'll go first five. I'll say C.J. Henderson, Florida. Okay. First pick, corner. Uh, give me 51, Justin Matabike. Uh, third round, uh, Terrell Burgess, Utah. Um, fourth round. Uh, James Prochet, the receiver from SMU, and then give me uh, McTelvin uh, Aguin, the defensive tackle from uh, Arkansas, as the fifth rounder. Ooh, I yes, need that defensive that, tackle depth. And that and that's uh, Brandon Brandon Tucker's t- actually training him too. Yeah, 
Tuck is. Yeah, no, and uh, I actually, um, I'd been excited because I went up to APEC today, so I got to talk to him a little bit. He's a, he's he's in that, you know, Matabike, Blacklock role in terms of like, he's just a big dude who's like so explosive. It's just he, he was a little bit of a disappointment at Arkansas. He was the t- number 20 recruit in the country, I think, when mm-hmm. he was coming out. He's the highest recruit Arkansas has ever gotten. And yeah, other than him. Yeah. But uh, he, he had a little bit of a disappointing career in terms of it wasn't as, you know, prolific as they wanted, but his biggest thing is just consistency. And I was talking to him today out at APEC and he, he really does seem prepared to give the right answers about that and, and has the right work ethic in mind. And so he's somebody that I think is definitely a stock is rising type of guy. He was, at the Shrine game, and then impressed enough people there that he was brought on at the Senior Bowl, and then he got mm-hmm. the Combine invite. And yeah, he's a big dude. He's like six four. He's like three ten, and and he's explosive. And so they, I think that that'd be fun to, you know. But he's also really strong. He can still play the nose some. So I, I do think it's it'd be intriguing to have Matabike and a game there. But yeah, that that that's my first five. Mm. But yeah, but and Jeff, I know I told you this the other day. I'll, I'll give you the name to watch that nobody's talking about yet for Dallas. Shadiq. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe second, maybe second round. Sadiq Charles, LSU tackle. LSU tackle. Sadiq Charles. Look him up. Offensive now, tackle. Now, let me ask y'all this uh, before we uh, head up out of here. You know how Cowboys love Boise State players. Do you, what do you think <laughs> about uh, Weaver from uh, Boise State? Do you think, uh, what do you think about him? I what like Curtis Weaver. I, I know Jeff isn't as big of a fan. But uh, I, I'm a I'm a big <laughs> fan. I, 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 I think Curtis Weaver's a, a second round player, um, and so I don't think he'll make it to Dallas's pick in the second round. And I think probably 17 is a little too early for them. Um, but yeah, I, I like Weaver. Um, I think he's, and this will probably make Jeff shudder here. I think he's similar to me to what Jalen Ferguson was coming out of Louisiana Tech last year. Oh, uh, that's that, that, that I told you. Uh, I, I think they're I think they're similar players, but but Dallas liked Jalen Ferguson, so they I would did. guess they like Curtis Weaver too. And oh, we'll see. No, I do. I, I don't. I don't hate him. I've got him in like the end of the second round, third round, where the production's awesome. I just can't. Some of the tape, I just can't trust it because it's against bad offensive tackles. You just running circles around him. But I think it's a pretty good first step. And you know what I don't like, Bobby? I don't like his body. That looks to me Bird? like a guy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. his body. Yeah. I, I saw it. I saw when he declared that like part of his message was like, I showed up as a fat kid. And I was like, wow. Cause when I turned on the tape, I was like, he kind of like might've been a fat kid before. Uh, <laughs> but no, he's got a pretty good first step. He's got tons of production and maybe, maybe it translates better than I, than I think. And, and maybe he turns into a good NFL player. I just, I think he's probably just a rotational guy and that's okay. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you another edge guy I like that's sleeper because he didn't have the senior year people wanted him to. Again, same sort of thing. He almost came out after his junior year. And Jeff, I don't know if you've watched him yet. Uh, you may have caught it. He may have caught your eye when you're watching Winfield. Carter Coughlin, the edge mm-hmm. rusher from Minnesota. You don't like him? Oh, I haven't oh, okay. seen him yet. Give, give him a watch. Carter Coughlin to me is like my a little bit of my uh, Max Crosby light this time around. Which I love. Nice. I'm gonna put his name in the chat so I could uh, uh, go back and, and and look him up. What's his name is again? Carter Coughlin. Carter. Yeah, he plays for Minnesota, and he he had a couple of really strong seasons, and then was close to declaring last year. Decided to go back, and then his production was down this year. But he was also asked to do some morning coverage, so that kind of brought some of it down. But um, it, so his stock isn't quite as high as I think he was wanting it to be when he decided to go back to school, but. He's somebody that I think could be good value uh, for, you know, day three. Oh, I know we're about to wrap this thing up, but uh, I want to know before we get this thing going, what what would happen if with the 17th pick we go offensive lineman? Who would you guys go with or, or who you guys would – Oh man! What would you guys I, uh, do? What would your reaction like, be first? <laughs> it's one of the only spots where I, I totally can't see it because I don't think there's an <laughs> I don't think there's an interior lineman in this class that's worth it. Mm-hmm. And at offensive tackle, you've probably got a four or five man top tier there. Where I don't think it's impossible that the best player on the board for them is an offensive tackle. There's, um, the, there's this this is as deep a tackle draft, especially at the top, as there's yeah. been yeah. that I can remember. 
I just couldn't there's, imagine. There's, there's there's potentially five first round tackles. I mean, there, right. there's a lot of really good ones. I couldn't imagine them taking a guy who, in a perfect world, doesn't play a snap though when they're trying to win the Super Bowl. But but those... but to that point, my reaction if they picked a tackle at seventeen would be that makes sense because if they're yeah. picking a tackle at seventeen, that means they traded Tyron or something. Yeah, Tyron Smith would is be, gone. It would, be, it would be obvious that he's not here anymore. Which I do think that. Not necessarily that's going to be this year, but I think we are at the end of the Tyron Smith era. I I wouldn't be surprised if 2020 is his final season here. And so I I think that, you know, especially if they're disappointed with what Connor Williams has been so far, which they are, um, you know, it it could be a case where they're picking somebody a little earlier, insurance guy or, like I say, Sadiq Charles. Sadiq Charles, I was talking to him at uh, Michael Johnson the other day. His his offensive line coach at LSU LSU. is the same guy who coached Tyron Smith at USC. And his offensive line coach has always told people, when they say who's the closest guy you've had to Tyron, he tells them it's Sadiq Charles. That's the closest guy he's had since Tyron to the sort of physical ability that Tyron has. And and Sadiq's, he's the same body type. He wears 77. It's really like bizarre when you look at it through that lens and watch the mm-hmm. LSU film. It looks kind of like Tyron when he's down in his stance and he's got that 77. So that that I wouldn't be surprised if second round picks to beat Charles. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go offensive line earlier than people are expecting, but we'll see. No doubt, no doubt, man. So uh big game change. You got anything else on your mind, man? No, nah, I'm good. I mean, I appreciate the good talk, good, good, good uh eye-opening things so we could see more draftable players as i see cornerback is really heavy and it just looks like byron jones gonna be gone see ya byron jones he gonna be gone now jeff telling me my guy i'm thinking now amari cooper gonna be gone, gone. <laughs> <laughs> and now i don't know who gonna be there well, let that, me tell that, you. the only thing i can think is that gonna be there because all my other guys they're gonna be gone robert <laughs> quinn he gonna, robert quinn, gone, he's gonna huh? be gone too <laughs> Cobb, Maybe he that's... might be gone huh oh yeah is Everybody that, might be. 96, he may be gone. He's gone. 96, Collins is gone. He's gone. That's done. He's done. Yeah, he's out. Can, can Tristan yeah. play can, two gap? Can, can Tristan do, can, give can us a Tristan two gap? Us, Tristan can't play anything. It's funny. I had somebody who was on. Uh, you, Jeff, you remember one of the things the Cowboys said was Scott Frost's staff was really positive about him. The staff that yeah, was in Nebraska, they trusted that more than the Josh Heupel staff that had been right. critical of. Um, I had heard from somebody that's with Frost that they were following along with how Tristan was doing in the first year. They were hearing about how he's doing in the NFL, and internally, their their question was, "Okay, is it just that Tristan, like Amari Cooper, as y'all are claiming?" Just mm-hmm. ebbs and flows with when things are going good, they're going good. When they're bad, it's bad. And that really what they saw, they thought was growth. And in reality, was just Tristan's mood improving with UCF improving each year that he was there. And that did they buy into false growth with him? And so I know somebody with Scott Frost staff was thinking that when they heard about his struggles during his rookie year. So it could be a case for Scott Frost staff to go, oops, sorry. Sorry, we told y'all he was mature. Can't call them anymore. We lied. <laughs> he lied. <laughs> guess that means. Guess that means no Lamar Jackson, corner from Nebraska this year. They won't trust him. Won't. I'll take anybody named Lamar Jackson. Yeah, take him. <laughs> Bobby Belt, man. Tell people where they can find you and follow your good content, man. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm lying, Cowboy Nation. Great content. No, great. <laughs> yeah, it's great. No, great. No, it, it's great. No, it's not. It's not great content. I, I, uh, I just happen to be there with a, a cell phone when great content is happening. I don't produce <laughs> shit. It's. Uh, I, I just happen to be there to capture it. And um, great capturing. But the, great the, the capturing. G- the, yeah, it, it'll be up as soon as everybody else, you know, finds out where I'm going to be at those times because then they'll get it too. Um, now you can follow me on Twitter at Bobby Belt TX. That's it. That's it. No Facebook, no Instagram, no MySpace. I have Facebook, account. but I don't really use it anymore. Instagram's the same. I don't get Instagram, <laughs> though. Like, I mean, I try, but, like, I, I don't understand the dynamic there as well. So you can follow me on Instagram if you want. Same handle. But uh, Twitter's where I'm going to push everything. Mm-hmm. Jeff, let people know where they can find your content 
Especially your YouTube man. page and all that stuff, man. Man, thanks for asking. YouTube is where <laughs> I'm going to get rich. I'm going to get rich on YouTube. So YouTube.com slash Jeff Kavanaugh. Twitter at JC1053. Instagram at Time for Jeffrey. I don't have a TikTok yet. I deleted my Snapchat. What? Uh, what else is there? Facebook. My Milo's on a Saturday night. What? Milo's on a Saturday night. I'm at Milo's sometimes on a Saturday. Um, Facebook, my, yeah, my Facebook page. Just look up Jeff Cavanaugh and hit the follow and like button. Uh, just pretty much anything that I could ever monetize in the future when I get fired. Follow me on there. <laughs> the radio, the radio.com app, two to seven Monday through oh, Friday. Yeah, with, right. with, oh yeah, with, the radio. With, with your new with your new co-host. Your new co-host. You didn't even. Oh yeah, I forgot my job. Yeah, I forgot my job. Um, One oh five three, the fan from two to seven Monday through Friday, the G Bag Nation on the home of the Cowboys, where Brian Broadus is our new third member of the show. Wow. So enjoy that. One oh five three. So the fan. Brian Broadus is back. Y'all can hear him five hours a day now. Five hey. hours, Broadus. <laughs> I'm sitting here doing all of the promotional work you're supposed to be doing, Jeff. <laughs> What you do, Bobby is listen. Bobby's the heartbeat behind like a hundred different people. I saw Bobby out there in Oxnard. I saw you with Slater. Yeah, yeah, great. Slater was incredible before Bobby was was back there behind the scenes. But Bobby is Bobby is making everyone great. That's what He's Bobby digi. does. He's digi. Yeah, I'm uh, I, I, I'm like uh, I'm like Royce the five nine, just ghostwriting for everybody because nobody. <laughs> Nobody wants to give me my props. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Big gay J's. Everything else remains the same. Tell everybody where they can follow you, find you, and all of these good things, because everybody should know where you at. Well, anyway. Hey, you know, I lay. I'm just little big game James. Just trying to grow my page. You know, like like these big dogs. Just trying to trying to trying to trying to eat like these big dogs. I'm hungry too. I'm hungry too. I want monetizing too. I want donation. 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 Five dollar, ten dollar, twenty dollar. Holla, get them on over here so we can grow the nation. But you know, YouTube, Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, you can check me on my Facebook page, the Silver and Blue Nation, my big game James page. I don't really. I do Twitter, but Twitter they be tripping. So I, I try to. I try to back off Twitter sometimes. They be going nuts on that. But yeah, you can check me out on Twitter, Big Game James there too. Yes, indeed. And everybody should know. Uh, just type in L A W S Nation, and you should see my face or logo. This is not James Harden, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm eight. Years, I wasn't gonna say it. I'm but eight years yeah, old. I, I see it. <laughs> just playing I with can you guys. See it. But uh, just hit us up, man, and we talk Cowboys sports talk and beyond. And uh, at the street level, we we ain't like Jeff Kavanaugh over there, you know. I mean, you know got, <laughs> we we, got, we hood hey, level. We, we, we hood, hood level over here, dog. We in the hood, dog. We in the hood. We just trying to get. Okay. Okay, nice to, why 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 are y'all why are y'all picking on Jeff while he's trying to Google who Royce the five nine is? Hold on, he Google the we're, five all nine. Be, we're all supposed to be bringing the world together, propping <laughs> each other up. I know Law Nation has fifty six billion YouTube followers. Exactly. I'm trying. I'm trying to take. I'm trying to take your people from you and yeah. make them my. But they can be our people. Wow. Take them. Jeff. I'll give you my Twitter people and let me borrow some of your YouTube people. Everybody's doing great. Everybody's doing great. Let's eat Cowboy Nation. Let's go. James doesn't get the Twitter. Yeah, we can all just like, I don't get Instagram. We can just chop up the audience. Yeah, we can just all mix and match. Mix and match. Perfect. Matter of fact, this this whole feed going to be on Twitter right now because we live on Periscope. We live on Twitch. We live on MySpace, LinkedIn, and also YouTube and Facebook right now. So we Twitch definitely come to Time for Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, time for Jeffrey. Twitch. TikTok time for too. Jeffrey. Yeah. It might be Jeffrey. Prime both. Y'all hit that like button. Y'all share this content. Let's go. Oh, oh I forgot to say. And remember, you all are listening in to nothing but the best. Let's go.